Center what? Talk Recorded live. Don't you just love that little jingle? I'll tell you what, that is, um, I don't know really what that is, to tell you the truth. Uh, producer, tell me what to do when Tom calls. Add him to group. Is that what I do? I'm kind of uh, not the most technical brain here tonight. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are live on Alternative Public Radio International, coming to you live tonight from TalkShoe. It feels a little bit crippled to be on TalkShoe. Uh, not putting TalkShoe down by any stretch of the imagination, because that's where we started. Um, that's where we got our roots, and that's where we really dug in is TalkShoe. And so I'm proud of TalkShoe. I'm thankful for TalkShoe. And there are a lot of people on TalkShoe, uh, gazillions of people on TalkShoe. It's one of the oldest uh, Internet radio networks in the world. One of the most popular, believe it or not, in certain genres out there. Um and I'm glad to be here. Uh, if it wasn't for talk show, shoe, talk show, talk shoe, <laughs> I would be on Google Hangouts or uh, on YouTube, which I should be on all three, all four. I should be doing blog talk radio, talk shoe, YouTube, and Google Hangouts. Um, and we will. We will. It just takes a lot of energy. As you all know, it takes a lot of energy. And then besides all of that, you have Facebook Live. And you have that little quickie pop-in thing on YouTube Live. And uh, I could be on air all day and all night if I wanted to be and uh, never run out of material. Uh, Lately, boy, have I been reading. Have I been studying. Unbelievable. I have been studying... um, Terrence McKinney, I tell you, I'm into Terrence McKinney, um, and I'm into Alan Watts. If you want to have a lot of fun and learn a lot of stuff, just check out Alan Watts and Terrence McKinney. I've been listening to a lot of Richard Dawkins um, as of late, and um, just a lot of really good speakers out there. studying a lot of quantum physics and quantum mechanics and astrophysics and cosmology and a lot of human relations and sociology and democracy 101, civics 101, 102, trying to keep up with what's going on around the world. And believe me, that's a a difficult thing to do. One has to really want to do it. Uh, And it separates us from the general population. Uh, I'm learning um, I had a guest on the other night who was had a degree in psychology and uh, was an educator 20 years and did not know poodly squat about real life. I mean, nada, nothing about real life and has even written a book or two and did not know what was going on in the real world. That's astounding. Uh, David, are you on? What do you think about that, David? Daddy used to call folks like that educated idiots back in the 60s and 70s. What do you think about people who have written books and they're educated and um, uh, they've, they've been around the block a time or two and, you know, they're 40s in their 40s? Uh, 
early 40s and they've been in education 20 years, yet they don't know squat about the real world. What's going on with that? I think it's a problem that's called compartmentalization of knowledge. Is mm-hmm. when you have people who are studying certain components of academia, but that's all they concentrate on, and it's it's really it's rather sad because there are so many different sectors of knowledge that intersect with what they're studying, and I think that's just the way schooling system has been run for so long. Yeah, but it's still, you know, it's still kind of amazing, though, to to talk to somebody like that, and you look at their bio, and you read their bio, and you would think, wow, this person's really going to be a knockout guest. You know, they're going to just have all these different things to say about geopolitics and about education and healthcare and all of these different points of view and nada, nothing, zip, zilch. <laughs> well, that, that's all they do. That's their, that's their specialty, and that's all they do. I mean, not. I, I, I'm assuming from what I've seen, the way people act, it's just when when they have children and when they have a family, they have no time to do any any anything any other kind of reading. So they they get stuck into that. They get stuck in that rut of their specialty, and they don't even realize that there's other sectors of knowledge that could help them and help whoever they're they're also helping too but they don't they don't they don't they don't have the time well what astounded me the most was this guy was a personal coach a life coach if you can believe that and when i gave him a little bit of my background he just kind of took a deep breath and swallowed with a gulp like how can you know anything about humanity or people if you haven't had some kind of background? He has none. He's never been in jail. He's never had a criminal record. He's never dealt with the police. He's never dealt with the law enforcement. He's never dealt with the court system. He's never done drugs. He's never done alcohol. He's never been, you know. <laughs> and he's a life coach. <laughs> well, I don't know. If a personal life coach, then I wouldn't want them to be my coach. I would not want him to be my coach either. Let me see if I can add Tom to this call and see how that works. Actually do this. Totally, totally amazed. This is Tom's show tonight, by the way. I just opened for him because we needed to be kind of on the dot. Come on, Tom. Answer your call, my friend. Answer your phone. What area code is 774? I don't know. Because that, that's the area code I dialed for uh, talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we're here. We're live. We're waiting for Tom to come in. And the call failed. He's still getting his breath. Um... I need you, producer. Well, maybe I don't need you after all. Let me see what's going on here. Yeah, I do need you, producer. I may need you. Well, Tom's not answering, and I'm letting it ring, and I don't want to touch the wrong button here. I've got five screens open. It's a little difficult with five screens open, but we have to have them for our other affiliates.
it's ringing. But ladies and gentlemen, you know that we are, some of you know that we're doing a fundraiser trying to raise $2,500 for the station. That sounds almost embarrassing when some stations are trying to raise 350000 for their station. Um, you know, and we're here trying to raise $2,500. Wow. You know, and we've we've done these fundraisers before, and they've never really worked. And I've talked to a lot of producers lately that have been doing fundraisers and just given up on it. Tom Ufert did a fundraiser, and he had no money in there except what he put in there himself. And he had a couple of thousand people on Google Hangouts that were listening when he did this fundraiser. So, you know, it doesn't really matter how many people you've got out there in your audience around the world. Do a fundraiser and nobody gives. It's hard to get money. It's hard to raise money um, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Google Hangouts, on TalkShoe, on Block Talk Radio, whatever you're trying to do. It's really difficult to raise money. Uh, is Tom on? Not yet? Okay. Um, we need some new equipment. We burned up a couple of hard drives, and um, we, 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 we definitely need some new equipment. We're running on antiquated equipment antique stuff here you know it's all beautiful but it's all heavy and bulky and old and as most producers with public radio will tell you that's the way we run that's the way we roll um but we've done good i'm happy with what we have i'm blessed to have what we have um we have um we have really worked hard to build this station, and it has been very difficult because we are on so many platforms out there. You know, we're on like 26 platforms, and I have to keep those working every day. I have to go out there and work these. If you don't work them, they die. They just fall by the wayside. As David, who's on with me, can tell you, they'll just fall by the wayside, and after a while, you'll have zero zilch, nothing coming in at all. If you don't go over there and you know weed the garden and and water the garden, and it's a job, it's really a job, and it's a job that we love. It's a job that we really adore. Uh, it's a mission for us. It's a passion for us. Uh, alternative radio, and um, I'm so sad that we lost those hard drives. You know, I'm so sad that we went off the main station. Uh, it's really like someone has passed away almost, and we're having a wake for the station, you know, that we lost. Um, we are going to try to raise the money ourselves, you know, like we work. We do work, by the way. Uh, we have a day job. Um, we're transcriptionists. If any of you know what transcribing is, we're transcriptionists, and we do transcriptions for people all over the world. And uh, we work for one of the most reputable companies online today. Uh, and I'm not going to tell you who that is because I don't want everybody rushing over there and taking up our contract space. But um, believe it or not, we do have a day job, and we are, we're able to work when we want to work. And I think that's the way it should be with everyone. You should You should be able to work when you want to work and how you want to work and what your specialty is and what makes you happy. That's the kind of world that Terrence McKinney would like to see. Uh, that's the kind of uh, world that Dewey wanted. And uh, that's the kind of world that some of the most great, great thinkers of our time have wanted and believed that could happen, is for people to come together as a community and unify and have community gardens and 
do what they love most, but it just doesn't work that way, does it? In the real world, we're so divided and uh, everybody's uh, programmed to this eight hour a day clock thing and this hour for lunch thing or 30 minutes for lunch thing and these 15 minute break things. And um, it's very, very difficult to wrap your head around something new. I see you, Tom. Very hard to wrap your head around something new, like a four-day work week. Oh, my God. <laughs> a four-day work week, you know, that's what we've been going for. It's not going to happen. I don't think Mr. Trump is going to make a four-day work week. Tom Euford, hello. How are you doing? Hey, Kyler. I'm good, thank you. Just a little brush, but I'm I'm here. No, I was just uh, talking about the fundraiser and talking about the antiquated equipment that we have and how we've worked so hard to build a station and build 26 platforms and how we have to work them so hard every day. And, you know, just letting the audience know that we, we, we do have a day job. We are transcriptionist. We transcribe for people around the world. And um, we have a day job. We're able to work when we want to work and pick the contracts we want to pick. And so I didn't want I didn't want people to think we were just sitting around on our finger, leaning back on our thumb, doing absolutely nothing with our life here. Well, I know that's true. And poor Mary, uh, bless her heart. I know that her thighs and her her calves are getting bowed up from being on that that unicycle, pumping the energy into your station all day long. So. <laughs> it's amazing that you should mention. Her thighs, her knees just went out today, and she had... Oh, God bless. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, getting, we're getting old and rickety. Rickety. You know, is that a word? No, 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 no. Listen, I keep telling people this. You're not getting old, okay? Betty White is old. We're getting older, okay? Sweet Betty, sweet Betty, sweet Betty. Yes. God By bless the way, her. David's David's riding shotgun with us tonight, so he's there. Oh, Hello. good. Hey, David. Yeah. Hello, David. Well, down here. There you are. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. I just wanted to start out this evening. I, I wanted to send my thoughts and prayers out to uh, the family of um, the fallen Navy SEAL from the Yemeni uh, attack. Um, the family of William Ryan Owens, um, who died uh, in the last couple of days during the Yemeni um, uh, Navy SEALs attack on the Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it um, finally may have hit, I don't know, but I think it finally may have hit to some extent on our new president, the awesome responsibility uh, that now falls on his shoulder. However, so much has happened in the last 24, um, uh, 48 hours. Um, I'm I'm beginning to think that this is almost a concerted effort to throw so much out that mainstream media and the public can't keep up with it and consequently easily become distracted um, and I don't know if it's personally, it's intentional or if it's a, uh, just a, uh, recognition of the fact that we have a new administration that was completely unprepared and is completely, um, 
um, uh, uh, inept at handling the job they've been given. We shall see. Now, I have to give President Trump and his staff complete credit on the rollout of their new Supreme Court um, nominee, um, uh, Neil Gerlach, Gerlach, um, um last night. Um, I was very impressed at the way they did it, considering how the other things that they've tried to roll out in the last 12 days have been complete floundering, um, mm-hmm. like the Muslim ban and all of that. Um, I have to give um, our new Secretary of Homeland Security and his staff great credit for coming out yesterday and trying to um, uh, calibrate and, 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 and get things back on track. Um, it, it demonstrates the discipline that he and his staff have um, and that uh, some of the people around Donald Trump actually do because of their military service know how to get things done. However, okay, now today our new um, uh, uh, national um, uh, defense uh, advisor, former General Michael Flynn, came out and announced to the world, quote-unquote, Iran is to be put on notice, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that combined with President Trump's ban on Muslims from seven countries, um, or okay, and, and I say that as a ban on Muslims, and I know that may um, ir- irritate some people, but let's face it, when in the executive order, he specifically states that exceptions will be made for minority religions, especially the the Christians, Um, it makes you wonder if this is not a religious exception, which is contrary to American values, where we have not had religious exceptions on any of these in the past. Well, Tom, we have have 10,000. Let me say that we have 10,000 things that are against what you just said, religious values and American values. So fuck that. I mean, come on, give me a break. Let's don't pick this one thing out as something against American values. I mean, come on, we've got a cesspool. We're dealing with a cesspool here. I realize. I'll grant you that. Okay. But we're dealing with a man who has the bully pulpit that is speaking to the world. And that is the exception. Okay. Obama had the same pulpit, and he was a bully, and he was speaking to the world. Bush was a bully, and he was speaking to the world and had the same pulpit. And there was the same kind of things going on in their administrations that are going on in this one, just in different yes, perspectives, different but levels. The, different, the difference is the, 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 the blatant recklessness that I think demonstrates how unprepared um, this man and his uh, immediate circle – um, especially um, uh, the fact well, that you know, I don't, I don't like the fact that um, well, Steve Ban- Steve Bannon um, has been uh, put on the National Security Council um, inner circle, and the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the DNI have been removed from regular meetings. Uh, that demonstrates. I thought that was ridiculous. I thought that was just ridiculous when I heard about that. Oh yeah, being removed 
from that circle. And I know you sent me the link about um, um, the 50 um, State Department people that um, were um, uh, immediately resigning, top diplomat, mm -hmm. career mm -hmm. diplomat. Well, today, 900 career diplomats sent a letter through the Office of Dissent, which was created in 1973 because of Watergate. Um, and this is an office that was created so that career um, uh, diplomats and career uh, bureaucrats had the opportunity and the venue to voice dissent when they had disagreements with a policy rather than being fired or rather than being uh, forced to resign because they didn't agree with it. Um, and then you have the the White House chief, um, you know, press secretary coming out and basically saying, well, if you don't like it, then it's time for you to go. Okay. This, look, folks, I, I'll be the first to say that the fifth estate in this country is the bureaucracy. Okay. And these are people um, there, there are allegations that have some truth, and there are some facts to, bring, to, base, to base on the accusation that um, the bureaucracy has been loaded with liberals, um, and we, we can take all of that and throw it up in the wind and see how, many sh how much shit hits the wall, okay? But here's the point. These are experienced career people, regardless of their political leanings or whatever, that are basically saying to the President of the United States, you are making the wrong decision and that your executive orders were not vetted through experienced career bureaucrats that know what in the hell they're doing. And you're walking in with absolutely no experience whatsoever. And I grant you, there were millions of people that voted for this man for that exact reason. But it's a difference between um, shaking things up in Washington and absolutely blowing up the system. And someone like Steve Bannon, um, who is uh, a declared, these are his quotes, I am a Leninist, okay, because he admired the way that Lenin walked into uh, the Russian bureaucracy and basically destroyed everything, killing thousands of people um, that uh, he saw as obstacles in the way of the Bolshevik Revolution. And this man um, is dangerous. Um, and I think it's something that the American people need to wake up and pay attention to. Now listen, folks, I am going to sit here in my wheelchair and tell you that people who voted for Donald Trump had every right to do so, and I admire them for their conviction. I admire them for changing their votes. They, a lot of these people voted for Obama, and the Democrats weren't listening to them. I had been watching day after day the news reports of them going to areas of Minnesota, of Michigan, West Virginia, and listening to these people. Well, it's about damn time that we started listening to people that have legitimate grievances against the status quo and the establishment because they sure as hell haven't been listening all these years. And uh, Donald Trump picked up on that. 
He carried with it and has gotten himself in the White House. However, we are in day 13 of his uh, presidency, and I am deeply concerned that we are looking at the beginning stages of a reckless um, uh, presidency. Today, on Saturday, he had five phone calls with world leaders, and the last one was with the prime minister of Australia. It lasted 25 minutes, which was shorter than it was supposed to last, and he basically told the, the Australian ambassador, I've had four other phone calls today with world leaders, and this is by far the worst yet. This is one of our allies, and I have to uh, give kudos out to General Hurtling, who I saw tonight, who said it looks like this is a man who is attacking our allies and supporting our adversaries. What in the hell is this man doing? He has completely no experience whatsoever, and he doesn't realize that his words carry weight now that he's president. He is no longer president-elect, and this is deep concern to me. Well, let's face it, Tom. You don't like Donald Trump. Let's just face it. Let's face it. Yes. Let's face it. You I, do I, not like Donald Trump, period. So a lot of yes. things you're saying are coming out from that particular point of view, that particular yes. filter out of your head. I'll be completely if you, transparent If about you that. worshipped Donald Trump, if you thought he was the greatest thing since cotton candy and baseball and little babies, you would have a different slant on it. I agree. I agree completely. Okay. And I yeah. think that this bureaucracy should be shaken up in the worst way, and and the way that he's doing it or allowing it to happen or that it is happening. I think that this bureaucracy needs to be completely turned over and shook out, just completely shook out, and whatever we have to do to make that happen, let it happen. It doesn't make a shit to me how many bad decisions he makes or how many bureaucrats he pisses off around the world or kings or queens or princes or lords. It doesn't make a shit to me. This whole system has to be shook up and shook out one way or the other. And you're absolutely right. I do not like Donald Trump. I've made no qualms about it, and I'm glad you brought that up so that we can be completely transparent about it. I agree with you completely that the establishment, the status quo needs to be shaken up. But as someone who has worked within the system, but, who has, has been there, now, d- 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 let me get this finished before you throw your big butt in there. No, okay? I just wanted to show your butt. I wanted to say you're getting ready to give us your butt. Come on, give us yes, your butt. My butt is that there, it's a difference between shaking it up and blowing it up, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you now, got a point there, Tom. You got a I, point I there, do, Tom. I do have one question here for a little bit of levity. Okay? Here's my question. <laughs> Trump, Trump, Donald, oh, I'm sorry, Bueller, Bueller, Ferris Bueller, okay? Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 it's – and I throw that out. You know, this is, this is you know, a, a fade back to the 1980s, and for people who are younger uh, may not have seen uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But, you know, you've got these kids sitting in, a, in an economics and history classroom, and the professor is just drolling out. He's boring as hell, um, but it demonstrates – um, how Ferris Bueller is trying to 
shake up the system and get away with crap. And uh, I admire that. I love the movie. It's it, it's tremendously one of my favorites. But it also demonstrates when uh, experts now, regardless of how you feel about quote unquote experts, okay, these are people who are trying to send out a wake up call, and nobody seems to be listening. Mm-hmm. Now, I I, I I I I'm glad you got uh, you know on your tiptoes and screamed and yelled about the system and all of that. But you have to agree with me, Kyler. There's a difference between shaking it up and blowing it up. Yeah, but you also have to we also have to think about all of these little bureaucratic clicks and nicks that yes. uh, that happen within yes. Congress and within the House and within all the subcommittees and all of the different agencies and diplomatic agencies. There's all these little clicks and nicks and things, and these these all have to be taken into consideration somewhere down the line. Because I'm, and, and, I'm, you know, I live a microcosm of that here, and you've lived a microcosm yeah. of what's going on in the White House. Well, and 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 you see that you see what's happening on on Capitol Hill today, when you have Democrats, the whole lock, stock, and barrel of Democrats on two committees boycotting the. Uh, appointee uh, hearings because they weren't being heard, they weren't being given by the Republican leadership an opportunity to further address questions and concerns um, regarding the Treasury Secretary and... um, Republicans uh, weren't giving the Democrats a chance to continue to ask questions. Right. Exactly. Now, okay, and the Democrats are now uh, finding themselves in this little box that they put themselves in when mm-hmm. it comes to the, um, uh, the the Supreme Court nominee of whether or not they are going to filibuster it and force the Republicans to do what is known as the nuclear um, uh, uh, option of just going above the 60 requirement and forcing it to a vote, um, mm-hmm. and, and 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 blocking all of that out, and I caution the Democrats: this is not the Supreme Court nominee to do this to. Mm-hmm. Okay, they they need to wait for the next one because if Justice Kennedy or Justice um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg um, decide to resire, uh, retire, or if Breyer decides to retire, they're all three. Um, in their late 70s and early 80s, if mm-hmm. one of these others decides to retire, okay, the fact that um, Donald Trump's nominee is going to replace Scalia and is very much a Scalia-type uh, justice, he has impeccable credentials. Um, now, when you look at some of his rulings, he has not had any court cases that are going to deal with some of the controversial issues he's going to face, like a uh, woman's right to privacy, the woman's right to decide uh, her own uh, health care and abortion, LGBT rights. Um, now, he has, now, he has, now this is one thing that does concern me, and um, as liberal as she is, Senator Feinstein raised these concerns that he is a... Um, justice 
from the 10th uh, Appeals Court in Colorado who has had cases that dealt with restricting the government regulation powers and restricting uh, an, an aggressive and um, overreaching executive and has dealt with cases dealing with um, um, he is pro-corporation. So these are things that fit along Donald Trump's business approach to things, and it does concern the American workers. It does concern the everyday American because where is, where is he going to stand? I am hoping that like Justice Kennedy, who he uh, clerked for, he is going to be a candidate or he's going to be a justice that votes with his conscience He's not going to be an activist judge. He's going to decide based on um, the, the, the literal meaning of the words of the Constitution. And, I, and I, I, I definitely agree and kind of support that. So I'm hoping that he's not going to be swayed by politics or by partisan um, uh, innuendo and rhetoric. I don't think... His previous career, his previous case, uh, uh, jurisprudence indicates that he will. But we have to see what happens. When they get to the Supreme Court, you never know until they're there. So we'll have to wait and see. Do you have any idea at all, and I do, um, do you have any idea at all how much work is actually done by the Supreme Court justices in a percentage on a case? <laughs> When you say work, uh, you're going to have to any kind uh, of work, any kind of work at all. Five percent, five percent. Yeah, you know who does clerks. all of their all of their work for them. They're you clerks. Know who does all of their work. They're clerks. They're graduate yes. students. They're interns. They do all of the work. As a matter of fact, I had a friend of mine who is a justice here in Oregon, in Washington. I almost gave myself away there. Um, who actually has been there? done that and worked inside the office um said it would you would be amazed at you yes. know these 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 justices just sit on their ass most of the time in a rocking chair <laughs> well and 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 most most of the, the you're absolutely right a lot of the right a lot of the work that they do is uh deliberation and uh thoughtful consideration of all of the briefs and all of the diligent hard work that their clerks do in the research and the yeah. suppositions and um, their um, uh, take on the law, so the Supreme Court justices um, and they're treated they're treated like uh, I knew a Supreme Court justice here. Um, they're treated with royal like royalty. Even by their family, they're treated like royalty. At least the ones I know here, too. By the way, um, they're just—they're just treated like lords. Well, they are the third branch of the government, and they're there for life. Um, and the fact that um, Donald Trump's yeah. uh, appointee is 49 years old means that he's going to be there for decades. Okay, um, he will be the youngest Supreme Court justice. Um, uh, right, uh, you know, that will receive 
confirmation. There's no doubt about that. And they have servants and maids and butlers, and their clothes are laid out for them perfectly. They help them dress. It's almost yeah. like living in a nursing home, an upscale nursing home. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, I've been to the with, justice's house here in the Northwest, and and the doors even unlocked for him. The TV's turned on at a particular time, and he has a particular magazine that needs to be laid out in a certain way, in a certain position, and he has a certain malt shake that he drinks in the evening, and it has it's to be almost, exactly on time. And it's almost yeah. a divine reverence, you know. You know, it is. It is. And you know, I, 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 when when you look at past um, Supreme Court justices, I mean, one of my favorites is John Marshall. Um, you know, the, the man who basically um, set the court um, as um, the concrete pillar uh, to guard against um, the overreaching legislature of the Congress and the overreaching power of the executive. Or you look at um, um, uh, other great names on the court. Um, these are people that were humble. They were they were not, um, you know, uh, overwhelmed by this reverence to the black robe. Okay, uh, I mean, it's almost like uh, the doctors in the in the white lab coats. These are doctors in black robes who are supposed to interpret and basically decide our lives. They are the final judicial voice in this country. So I give them I give them credit for that, okay? But Kyler's absolutely right um, that these men and women on the court, uh, for all of their legal knowledge and all of their deliberative um, review of, uh, of important cases, um, it, 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 their clerks are the ones who do a lot of the work. And so I have a great deal of respect for any clerk that has clerked with a Supreme Court justice. And the nominee um, that has just been proposed by our President Trump clerked for Justices uh, Kennedy and Justice White. So he's been there. He knows the work. He writes with um, uh, unbelievable clarity, um, and you know, uh, you know, he was he, he was humbled in his speech the uh, last night, and he actually had deprecating humor about himself, which I think w when they were interviewing people who know him well, they speak highly of this man's humility, and I think that is something that the court needs is a refreshing voice in that respect. So I, 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 am, I am one who um, will watch with close eyes and vigilance over this man who will fill Justice Scalia's seat. Um, but at the same time, I'm hoping that he will be a swing vote that will not be swayed by partisanship and will literally vote um, the way he needs to vote on cases that have direct impact on the lives of everyday Americans. You know, the Supreme Court started out with six members, right? The Federalist reduced it to five members in 1801. Yes. Yeah. And and then you have um, uh, in in the 1930 uh, in early 19 I think it was 39 
when Roosevelt came in, it's the famous thing known as the switch in time that saved nine, mm-hmm. uh, because Roosevelt was going to expand the court to 15. Right, he was, yes. Because the court was not following um, his... With more congenial justices, as they like to ex- say. Exactly. Um, because he wanted to uh, stress to the court, okay, you're not uh, supporting uh, my New Deal proposals, so uh, if you don't do this for the good of the American people, we're just going to load the court up and increase the number of sides. It's known as the switch in time that saved nine. Now, I took constitutional law in college. It is the one area of law that really fascinated me. I loved it. I had a wonderful law professor um, in college um, who, uh, God bless his soul, he's in his 80s now. Um, and, um, you know, he was a wonderful professor. He is one of the few professors, not one of the few, he's one of the number of professors when I was in college who, um, you know, basically gave me a swift kick in the butt and a knock on the head because I was the uh, vocal college Republican on campus, and this was a very liberal, democratic, um, educated, um, uh, professorial campus. Um, and they were the ones who said, okay, be, be, be fervent in your beliefs, but have an open mind. Do not be blinded by partisan rhetoric and, you know, they opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, you know, I, I can remember um, one professor during the, um, uh, a, the 84 uh, election um, when I was uh, very – I was the Republican on campus, and I was editor of the school newspaper. And he used to walk proudly, and he'd see me across campus, and we'd, we'd run into each other in the bookstore. And he would be wearing um, his Democratic button, and uh, without saying a word, he'd see me, and he would take his hand and uh, pull out his lapel so that I could see his button. He said, "Hey, Tom, hope you're having a good day." <laughs> you know, and I was very honored when I had my 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 homecoming book signing uh, in 2012 that he was one of the two English professors that came and honored me with his presence uh, at my book signing. It, it, it really bestilled my heart. Um, and, you know, I, I give uh, great credit uh, to him and the other English professor who came. Um, these were people that walked into a classroom and they knew their, 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 their work so well that the books you were assigned to read not only could they quote them verbatim, but they could tell you what page the quote came from. Of course. You I know, know some folks like that, yeah, that I listen just, to. Yeah. Just just amazing people. Uh and I and I, I'm grateful for the degree that I got from Centenary College. Um, you know, these are this is a wonderful institution and anyone who's looking for a great college, um I, I highly recommend people look at Centenary College. It has been voted by uh, U.S. News and World Report as tops in its field for a small liberal arts college. Uh, you know, it's the oldest liberal arts college 
west of the Mississippi. We used to call it the oldest liberal farts college, west of the Mississippi. <laughs> and people, people, when I'd say, I, I, I go to St. Mary College, they'd go, did you say cemetery? And I went, Cemetery no. college, yeah. Yes, yeah, so, you know, yeah. but, you know, it has a great reputation and I highly recommend it. So there's, there's my shout out for the college. Now, okay, um, have you heard the news reports? about Melania Trump. Which ones? Just go ahead and tell us, because I've, I've heard so many, and I've seen so many well, naked, well, wonderfully well, naked pictures. Well, the one that came out today is um, she, she, has de- she has declared that she will be staying in New York at Trump Tower with their 10-year-old son, Barron, until mm-hmm. he finishes the school year. I mm-hmm. give her kudos for that. She reminds me of Jackie Kennedy in that mm-hmm. she is protecting her child to keep him safe from all of this bullshit that goes on in the political world. I, give I wonder, her who, wonder who Donald will be sleeping with in the meantime, which in turn. Well, you know, hey, uh, I was just about to say um, uh, the, the, the political report that came out along the rumor mill is that she may very well not be returning to the or coming to the White House, she has only been to Washington since the inauguration to mm-hmm. that one time during the inauguration. Um, and today they were commenting the fact that the East Wing of the White House still has no set staff for the First Lady and that they've had to postpone tours of the White House because the staff is not set up to handle this. There is no social secretary. Um, there is no – and today, um, after all this came out, it was announced that she has hired her personal private secretary finally. Um, mm-hmm. But this is another demonstration that the Trump apparatus, one, really did not expect to win the election. And right. two, And two, now that they've won, they, they're, they're, they're floundering and bumbling – about things that um, should have been well prepared, and um, the, the people that he's got surrounding him have no public service experience. And I give them credit for that, but at the same time, it, it, it's worrisome. How many old dogs did they keep in the house when they took over? Do you know how many old dogs they kept just because they were so experienced in world affairs and geopolitics? In the White House? Yeah. Or in, in government in general? In the White House. In the, that, in I the, I, I, that I couldn't tell you. I know that when uh, the new um, first family comes into the White House, um, they, they, they keep certain regulars, like they keep the steward, the chief steward, the chief chef. Chef, um, yeah, you know, and the the bureaucracy in the West Wing is completely um, reshuffled to meet the new president's needs and mm-hmm. uh, policy agendas. Mm-hmm. Now, at the same time, there are subordinates that they decide to keep on. Now, for example, okay, the acting attorney general that came out um, and instructed the Justice Department attorneys not to not to yeah right not to defend Donald Trump's um, uh, travel ban and mm-hmm. then within four hours she was fired 
Now, right. she knew damn good and well when she said that, when she made that public announcement, that she, she was going be to be she, – she knew that, and, I, and yeah. I give her credit for standing on principle and saying what she did. Now, she has served in the Justice Department in Republican and Democratic administrations for 28 years. She mm-hmm. knows what she's doing, and she was doing it based on the principles of her obligations – um, to well, that looks super on her resume anyway. Being fired Ex- from Trump administration. Well, thank you. Exactly. That looks you know. super on her. That'll be to the laughing stock. Everybody will be like patting her on the back. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Wow. Well, and, and, she, and, and now that she is no longer in the government administration, she is free to say whatever in the hell she wants. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the other thing. I don't know if you've heard about. This came out yesterday in an interview. Um, uh, of a leading senator, Republican senator, uh, they were interviewing um, after um, the big, um, you know, pomp and circumstance at the White House with the the new Supreme Court nominee, and it was all this uh, pomp and circumstance and flourish and everything. Um, but did you know that the White House has been secretly? Um, um, negotiating and dealing with um, staff members of members of Congress on the House and the Senate side, and they they forced them to sign non-disclosure agreements that kept them from telling their own bosses that they were dealing with the White House. Yeah, heard about that. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, folks, I got to tell you um, – all of these things may not look like a hill of beans, but when you pile them all together, this smacks very close to um, authoritarianism. Okay, and Donald Trump, being the business uh, executive uh, who walks in, and if you voice any criticism, or whatever, he likes to say you're fired. Okay, well, there are laws and regulations that he can't do that with career bureaucrats, okay? They have protections. And can't do that with a House and the Senate, and you can't do that with the Supreme Court. So he's going to be flying in the face of what we call the Washington establishment inside the Beltway. And, you know, for whatever you think about it, okay, he was voted in to shake things up. But I got news for you. If all of these career people suddenly in mass leave the government, what are you left with? You're left with a government that doesn't know what in the hell it's doing. And I'm telling you, as, 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 as my partner said weeks ago, these people voted for change, but they're damn well not going to get the change they wanted. I'm sitting back. I'm waiting. I'm watching. I'm keeping a close eye. And Kyler, you're absolutely right. I have been a critic of Donald Trump from the beginning. I will give him credit for some things that he has done and for um, him doing all of these he signed. Uh, well, he was, handing, let me, he was handed a laundry list of things he should do anyway. Yes, but who handed him the laundry list? That's my question. Um, I'm trying to shut this damned thing off here. Here we go. 
Uh, just got a little deal here on my wire. GOP changes rules to push through nominees after yes. Democratic boycott. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, well, about earlier. There were people, there's a lot of people that you and I don't know about and can't even ever imagine or comprehend that are around him and near him to tell him what to do, and he will listen to them. Um, he will listen to certain people. He has to listen to certain people. He has no choice but to listen to certain people. And I'm sure, as big shot as he thinks he is, I'm, I'm sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, because I'm a lot like Donald Trump when it comes to being out front and knowing what I want to do and how I want to do it and when I'm going to do it, but I'm not stupid. But you're I'm not a narcissist that, either, okay? Well, there are going to be some people that he is going to listen to, and I'm sure they had a yeah. laundry list of things for him to do and yeah. papers to sign and HR but, bills to sign. And But, you know. Tyler, here's, here's the question. Here's the question. Is he, t- he tends to react. He's a reactionary. To the like a twelve-year-old, like a twelve-year-old, exactly. just just like the 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 professor from Columbia who was reviewing. He's a linguistics professor and was reviewing his rhetoric and his responses to things. And exactly that was what he said. It's like a twelve-year-old. And you know, uh, I, I I give this man a great deal of credit. I watched his interview uh, and was finally, you know, ready to jump out of my chair and leap and clap my hands and shout to the world, finally, someone who is reviewing his personality. And like you and I have been saying for weeks, we're waiting for the sociologist, the psychologist, the handwriting expert to come out and say, look at this person and his character and personality, not from the persona he projects, but from the internal workings of his mind and his character. Think about, think about how, for a moment, think about how you would feel going into the White House for a moment. Just take a moment of breath and just think about how you would feel going into the White House and think about how little you would feel, even if you were a narcissist. Think about underneath and subconsciously how little you would feel and how stupid you would feel in geopolitics. I mean, there have been things going on for eons that are there in front of him, things that have been going on for eons that he has no clue what to do with or how to proceed and move forward. And so just think about it for a moment, how ignorant one would feel going into an international situation as important as that seat is. Think about it for just a second. No, you don't have to tell me about it. All my I mean, life, I've, all my life, Kyler, I've thought about this because I, at a very young age, um, thought very seriously about one day running and, and, and winning to be president. Back in the days when I was um, had delusions of grandeur, okay, before I realized that the president of the United States is not the real power. It's not a, at all. Not at all. Yeah, it, it's not the people all. around him. It's the advisors. It's the 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 the, the, the new money. world order, as well, we call it. And, and, and you can give it whatever name you want, but yeah, the real powers behind the White House, behind the president, um, and he walks into this with no public service experience whatsoever. And you know what? I agree with you completely. However, 
Donald Trump's personality and character as demonstrated to his entire business career, to the entire campaign, whether it was the primaries or the actual general election, has demonstrated that even if he is overwhelmed by all that he knows he doesn't know, he is not going to let the world see that. Of course not, and neither would I. Neither would I. Neither would you. You wouldn't want the world to know how stupid and ignorant you really were concerning geopolitics. You wouldn't want the world to know how stupid you were as far as how an administration runs and how the House and the Senate run and the judiciary. You wouldn't want people to know how stupid, utterly stupid you were. And that's why if it was me in there, I would be clamoring to get on board with those who had been in the administration for a long period of time and who knew politics and who knew uh, heads of state around the world and who knew who was fighting who in the Middle East. I would be clamoring to find out who, you know, who's who. Um, I don't know that Donald Trump went in with that in mind. I don't know if he had that in mind when he went in. No, you know, I have to admit the one moment the the morning after his inauguration or the morning before his inauguration when he went to the tomb of the unknown soldier and uh, I've been there uh, and it is a very somber moving experience I was not there when they had a formal presentation presenting of the wreath but I was there when the marines come out in their sharp crisp uniforms they're sweating they're sweating profusely this was in the middle of the summer in 86 when i worked on capitol hill and you are overwhelmed by the dignity the somberness of that place Mm -hmm. and at one moment donald trump took his hand and beat his heart with it and for a moment i thought maybe the gravity and the importance of what he has just walked into has hit him. But then then again, uh, that was the morning uh, right there at the beginning of his presidency. And since then, as you and I have just pointed out, um, his ignorance, his stupidity, uh, and his lack of experience are completely overshadowed by his determination not to let the real world see how completely inept he is how stupid how ignorant he really is yeah um i wonder when some of that you know interesting question here i wonder how some of that when some of that is going to come out in the mainstream media where he makes such a blunder and you know the first international crisis yeah okay yeah because uh, even he, if it's mainstream media and even if it's a put-on and even if it's scripted and even if it's owned and operated by the New World Order, it's still going to come out. It's oh, still yeah, going to come out. It, you know, you know I, I love the line that came out during the campaign. I believe it was Michelle Obama who said that when you become president, it does not um, – uh, being, being in the White House does not – um, improve who you are. It demonstrates who you really are. Okay. And I also, I also wonder when when the Dems, you know, are going to come out in the media and start leaking stuff. I mean, they've oh. already leaked a few things, oh, but I'm talking yeah. about major, major, major. You know, one of those that raises your eyebrows up beyond your hairline. Um, 
you know, the alternative media was pro-Trump, 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 Trump. Most of the alternative yeah. media was pro-Trump. And I'm waiting for them to turn around and say, oh, shit, what did we do? Exactly. Okay. And I'm waiting for one of his close aides to suddenly wake up, the light bulb comes on and goes, what in the hell have we done? And yeah. suddenly, um, you know, quietly back out. Um, and and, and there will be a whole scripted spin on why they left. Um, can you and, can you imagine the bathroom talk in the in the West Wing? Oh my God! Wouldn't you love yeah. to be a fly? Wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall in the West Wing of the bathroom? Oh yeah, and you know one of my favorite shows is the West Wing. Yeah, uh, Lester has been trying to save up money for years to buy me the complete series because it it it, it is a TV show, but I have never seen a show that so adequately demonstrates the day in, day out. Hustle, bustle in the West Wing, yeah. Exactly. And the mistakes that are made, the fumblings that are made, mm-hmm. um, and, and the scramble to uh, retract and to re-spin it um, mm-hmm. so that you, you don't look like a complete imbecile, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every, every administration, Obama was that way. He only had two years' experience as a United States senator when he won the election. And yeah. you, you can tell the first two years of his administration, there were fumbles, okay? And, but he did have career people around him that had been in the West Wing. Now, I'll say it right here and now. I was flabbergasted. I was watching the news today. Today, Donald Trump met with a whole host of conservative um, um, uh, special interest groups. And lo and behold, one of my former mentors, the man who trained me in Republican conservative politics, the man who nominated me to be a White House fellow, was sitting there at the end of the table. And I didn't recognize him because he's aged. He's got white hair now. Uh, Mm. But when they said his name, I went, my mouth hit the floor. Wow! Not that amazing. I'm not that not that I'm surprised that he was there because so now did, you have a connection. I do have a connection, but um, this individual probably will have nothing to do with me because um, he once told me he said I will be your best friend, but the moment you betray our cause, I will have nothing to do with you. <laughs> but this is the same man who told me in his hotel room when I first met him, um, and. Um, I, I went up to his hotel room after he had just given this eloquent and um, uh, uh, very deep and passionate explanation of what we were doing and why we were doing it. I went up into his hotel room, and there he was. His coat and tie were off. His shirt was unbuttoned, and he, he let me into the hotel room, and he picked up a, a pouch of red man tobacco and started chewing and spitting. You know, and it demonstrates, but he told me this was the greatest, one of the greatest pieces of advice. I asked him, I said, I'm not going to mention his name, but I asked him, I said, tell me, how does one succeed in politics? And his immediate response without hesitation, without thought was be successful at something else first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that never left my mind. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and Makes it's true. Sense. It does. It does. Because you have to have 
something outside of the political world that demonstrates your ability to succeed in another realm, in another world, in another bubble that shows that you can be successful at something else uh, because inside the Beltway is the never-never land, okay? It really I, is. Um, I will continue to say, though, this is all just a diversion. Um, it is. It is. If we only knew, if we only knew, I can't even comprehend. And, of course, I'm much more in tune with the conspiracy theory than you are. Right. And it still blows my mind as to how much a diversion all of this really is, how much Thank time you. we put into watching TV to see what Donald Trump's going to do is a diversion. Well, and you Government last, goes on. Life you admitted goes on. last week you don't even watch TV. So, I mean, no, I haven't watched TV in years. Uh, and I haven't missed a thing. I haven't missed a thing. I can talk and to you, you and catch up on the show. You know, you remind me of um, one of my um, dear um, nemesis in grade school and high school. I won't mention his name either because later on we became good friends. But I never got in a fight in school, even though I was verbally bullied and all this other stuff. And at one point when I was starting uh, I just, you know, I had been adopted and my grades were coming up and he was at the top of the stairs and pushed me down um, uh, half a flight of stairs. Um, um, no, I pushed him. That's what it was. I pushed him down the flight, of, the half a flight of stairs and he never picked on me again. But huh. this, in, this individual, his family were career military Air Force uh, individuals and mm-hmm. he traveled a lot. And the one thing I remember about him was that he did not have a TV in his household. Yeah. And by the age of freshman year in high school, he had read books like War and Peace. He had read um, um, uh, Gone with the Wind from cover to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this, he read books so, because he didn't have a TV. So when you That's say – when you say that you haven't watched the TV, good on you. Donald Trump gets most of his news and most of his information from the TV. So what yeah, is that? He does. Well, it tells me a he lot. Does, he doesn't read books. Well, it's amazing that I haven't watched a show of any kind. I haven't watched any of those shows. I haven't watched any game shows. I don't play games on the computer. I don't, I don't do. I don't do any of those things, and I'm just fine. I, I catch up. Uh, it takes me about uh, a show to catch up on what's going on, what I need to know. I do read a lot of alternative media. I do listen to a lot of alternative media, and I do study, and I do research. And, yep. um, you know. As do I. It's and good. I, I, and and I thank you for for putting me in tune with the alternative media because it has definitely given me um, a different perspective, something to synthesize with my other um, um, inside. Other part of your brain. Exactly. Did and, you and, like what I sent you? Which one? You uh, sent me so much. Sovereignty, political sovereignty, and political liberty, and. I did. Um, I, w- I wasn't able to finish reading it, but it is on my – I have a file on my computer that is a reading list, and stuff that you send me, if I'm not able to get to it right away, it goes in there, and I try to get to it within a week's time. So let me finish reading it, and I'll, I'll give you my thoughts back. I was very pleased by the email you sent me the other day regarding 
um, the new political party we're starting. You mm-hmm. gave me some very insightful and wonderful stuff. And I will tell you this much. I had good news today. I spent an hour on the phone with a website designer. We have uh, confirmed and set that March 1st will be our national um, 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 unveiling. Of oh, everything. I can't wait. I can't wait. Web, I can't wait. The, web, the website will be finished. Uh, he and I had a long discussion today about what I want the website to look like. I want it to pop. I want it to be visually appealing. I want it when someone lands on the website, they 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 can't turn away because it grabs them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I I told him um, the 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 text and the dialogue. It's going to be simple. It's going to have bullets. Uh, it's not well, going to be. It's not going to be heady. I don't. I'm not. To... I'm not. Uh congratulating myself but what i did send you in that email i think is very thorough and i think i yes. thought through it i thought through it and i thought through it and it's been notes that i've made over time and i think it's every and i'm this is a broad statement big statement i think it's everything that your campaign should be about your cause your mission i think i, it's I agree everything. with you it's that and that's the reason i'm glad you sent it to me because it opened up a whole new line of thinking for me that I've not been given before because I'm I'm doing a lot of this on my own. So mm-hmm. I need input and I need feedback. And yours was poignant. It was um, contemporary. Uh, and it does say a lot of the things that I believe in. Um, and it will be incorporated um, when we, we get the, um, the uh, platform written out. And parts um, of it are what's on Americans' minds. Parts of what yes, I sent you exactly, is what's on Americans' exactly. mind. Top, front, and center, what's on their mind. What Thank they want to know, what they want to know, well, what they need and, to know. And when we say Americans, we're not using the partisan line. The Democrats and the Republicans all say, well, we represent the American people. Bullshit, okay? Um, Donald Trump says he keeps, you know, in his conversations with world leaders on Saturday, um, insiders have pointed to the fact that he kept pointing to how big his um, rallies were, how big a movement it was. Yeah, he and did. Tonight, he did. And yeah. and and tonight, um, I I was very pleased that one of the pundits was pushing back against Jeffrey Lord. And I, you know, I I got to give Jeffrey Lord. He has been an advocate, unbelievable, behind Trump. And he always goes back to his years in the Reagan White House, quoting this and that. Uh, let me and, and, let me let me ask you a question about Donald Trump's criminal background. Uh, you know, you would think now in, in a lower position like I have up here, like when we nominate someone to a particular subcommittee, like I'm getting ready to head two subcommittees up here. They do we a criminal do, background check. Well, we do a criminal background check. Um, and I'm and heading you do a up credit a check. Of, and I'm doing a couple of committees now, and I had to have my you know underwear stripe checked and you know under a microscope. Um, so what about Donald Trump? What about the bigger position you're running for? The less concerned they are about your criminal history, because when he went into the White House, when he went into all of this campaigning, he had multiple multiple counts against him from women right. saying that he had raped their little girls, that he had raped them, that he had put them in motel rooms and orgies and all of these different things, drugged them, 
so what what is that all about? How do you how do you just whiz past that with America with 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 well, the media? Okay, now here's 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 my take on that. First off, yeah. from the very beginning, he has tapped into the right wing and conservatives' um, uh, declaration of the media is all against us because they're all liberals. Okay, mm-hmm. and he's tapped into this. You know, he said it uh, just the other day. Um, I, 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 I have an undeclared war on the media. Okay. So he's tapped into, um, and Kellyanne Conway and the white house press secretary, uh, Spicer quote, alternative facts. Okay. And we discussed this last week on the show. There's no such thing as alternative facts, folks. Right. You mentioned that on the last show. There are facts and there are lies. Okay. It's that simple. There's nothing. My question still remains. How, how do you get past that? get to the White House with all of those charges against you. Here, okay, now what I was saying is he's declared war on the media. So the one state and the pillar of our democracy that is there to question has already been put on the defensive and people no longer trust the media as a source of reliable, credible information. No, they and don't. He's tapped into that and the media is to blame for that. Okay, They have set themselves up for this. And I, I've noticed that, um, you know, they cut people off in the middle of their statements and things because they got to go to a commercial or could, could someone, could, could someone go down to the courthouse and just run Donald Trump's name and do a criminal background check on him or is he oh, locked have, up, locked out? You have to be careful now because that will send an immediate flag to the secret service. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to be careful yeah. about that because now, you, now if you did it before, even when he was president-elect, it would it would send up some flags. But now that he's POTUS – They'd he be is, at your front door. They'd be at your front door within he, an hour. He, he is insulated. He is protected. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and having I, – like I said, I've, I've been in that close circle, not as close as – um, I wanted to be. I really wanted to work in the West Wing. Um, I really wanted to be able to advise um, uh, the advisors or advisors. Right, of course, so of course. That's, that's what I really wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, and as close as I got was during George H.W. Bush. Um, and like I said, this former mentor of mine that was in the meeting today, um, there he sat. And he was the one that nominated me to be a White House fellow. Okay, wow. um, and you know, I I, I I took a step back. I, I I was on the edge of my chair. I went, oh my God, there he is. Um, you know, and um, so I've been as I've I've been as close as I could get. But even that, Kyler, I have to admit, I have to be transparent, was barely dipping my pinky toe in the swamp. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Okay. Oh, I know. Okay. Barely studying black ops like I do and knowing about black ops like I do. Uh, yes, your pinky toe was just barely in. I mean, there are so many things I I know now after all of my research, and I'm going to do a show on this one of these days. After all my research, I know where the trillions went that were missing from the Federal Reserve and from the different departments and agencies and uh, Homeland Security and Department of Justice. Oh, yeah, it's going to uh, take more than one show. They all went, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Talk about information concerning space. 
concerning the space program. Unbelievable information. Unbelievable. But, you know, I wanted to say before we go off air, you've really, really got to be able to connect the dots, even with what you and I do here on your show. We're barely skimming the surface. You've got to really be able to connect the dots. You've got to really be willing to go out on a limb and research and research and research and research some more in order to find out barely what happened, barely what happened. Oh, yeah, you're barely skimming the surface. Yeah. Um, and, and, And folks, Kyler and I, as we both will be the first to admit and being fully transparent, we have barely dipped our pinky toes into what is uh, the New World Order or the government um, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. establishment, okay? It's all we, about black ops. But, it's all but about know, black ops. But, but you know what? Unlike the common everyday American, we've been close enough to get a whiff of the bullshit, and it has opened our eyes. It has opened our minds enough to where we use our brains and we question things, okay? Oh, yeah. I haven't ran with the billionaires in a while, but I enjoyed it when I did. I learned a lot. I flew a lot of places. I got to go on a lot of yachts and meet a lot You've of powerful people. You've heard lots of conversations, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And just uh, just tantalizing stuff, tantalizing when it comes to, oh, we're going to rake in $5 million tomorrow morning and there will be a billion yeah. in the bank account by noon tomorrow or Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, you know, this just amazing stuff going on, a totally different world than what you and I live in. And even more so today because everything is quadrupled uh, yeah. with the speed of financial transactions. And yeah. money money isn't money. It's all computerized digits now. So, And none of these people work for money. And the, all of my no. friends who were billionaires, none of them worked for money. Uh, they knew how to use money. They knew how to bring money into being. They knew how to consciously manipulate the system to where money There's, would just well, be there you, for them. You'll you'll be the first to agree with me, I'm sure. There's a difference between wealth and real power. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a difference in working for a living and being able to think <laughs> for a living. Thank you. Exactly. I mean, you know, yeah. you and I don't make shit, okay, when it no. comes to money, okay, and we never will, okay, no. um, you know, I, 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 you know, when Donald Trump was saying that he's concerned about his kids and he wants to make sure that they have um, oh, access access to the money, my first thought please. was, why don't you do what most Americans do? Why don't you put your name out on? Uh, why don't the, they go to work for Wyatt's cafeteria? Uh, well, 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 why don't why don't they why don't why doesn't he put his name in? For the PCH, um, you know, Publishers Clearinghouse, um, and yeah. uh, sign up for five thousand dollars a week. Okay, you know, yeah. which is nothing compared to what they're making now. Okay? I saw a computer specialist put together a database on Donald Trump and what he oh, owns and I what his money's owned. I'm going to send it to you. Oh, I'm going to send it to you. It's got Donald Trump's name in the middle, and then it's got computer algorithms going out from his name into the universe. Uh, into the planet, the web, and it's got and it and, and it, it it's got specific things uh, written in caps on certain oh, areas where the big corporations that. are, and then it's got all the little ones. I thought it was just lines <laughs> until I got to looking at it. I said, "Oh my God, those aren't lines. That's names of companies. His name is on." 
Yeah. And I could not believe hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of companies his name is on. And countries all over the world. All over the globe. Unbelievable what he's got his name on. I do not, after looking at this, I do not see how in the hell he keeps up with it. How he in doesn't. the hell does he keep up with it? He doesn't. He hires people to keep up with it. Okay. Well, how do they keep up with it? How in the hell? It would take a staff of 500 to keep up with what he's got going. Well, exactly. I mean, and you, expect him, you expect him to have the, the, the mental capacity and um, the aptitude to run a government? Okay? You yeah. can't even keep, can't even keep uh, track of his own business. He has to hire armies of people to do it for him. Probably a dumb question, but I wonder if he brought any of those folks with him when he came to the White House, if he brought any of his main people from the corporations who are running the, the main corporations out there to the White House with him. Sure he did. He's nominated them for his cabinet post. Okay, you've, so that was a dumb six, question. You've got six billionaire CEOs that have been nominated for cabinet posts. With no public service experience. Well, I'm whatsoever. talking about no, Tom. I'm talking about people that were like running organizations, supporting subordinate. Yes. subordinates. Oh, you know, you know damn good and well they're there. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you did a power structure um, uh, web like your friend has designed here. Yeah. Of who are the people running the West Wing? And it's probably his underlings from the corporate world. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah. You can't imagine. Because he trusts them. He trusts them. Yes. And, and, he, and, and he's the first to say that he believes in loyalty first. Okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is big on loyalty to him. But he is Thank not you. big on him being loyal to anyone else. else. Thank you very much. You know, and... I, I thought it. I thought it was hilarious. I, you know, I, you know, people put on their their Facebook pages, L, you know, uh, L M A O, laugh my ass off. Mm-hmm. Um, I put in, laugh my ass off right out of my wheelchair. Okay. <laughs> okay. And this is what I was laughing about when he went to the National Cathedral the day after his inauguration for the National Prayer Service, and he instructed. The Muslim cleric, the Jewish rabbi, and the Christian minister. I do want. I don't want a bunch of preaching. I want uh, there to be. Um, uh, I don't want a bunch of proselytizing from the pulpit. I want there to be a bunch of music. Uh, right. And I want to spend time reflecting in prayer. And I thought to myself, mm. this is a man. And now you know. You notice that he's. He all wanted a political rally. Is what he wanted. Well, exactly, and, and and now you notice how big he is about prayer and everything now. Okay. Oh, bullshit. Yeah, I told Thank you about you. when I saw him. When I saw him looking up, and I'm, hey, my God, you would think he would realize people are looking, people are watching him. He did realize Everybody it. had their realize. Everybody had their heads bowed, and this one woman was speaking this most powerful prayer, and Donald was had his head bowed all the way down, and his eyes were looking up around like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, and you know he was looking around to see if anybody was watching him. 
it was like, when can we get the hell on with the show and get out of here? Thank you. Exactly. I mean, you know, that's, you know, I can't help but wonder if his 17 minute inaugural address was intentionally short and as vociferous as it was just so he could get the hell over it. Okay. Tom, will you ever walk again? Kyler, I don't know. That question has um, uh, been in the back of my mind for now three, almost three decades. Um, and here's my attitude about it. I am comfortable with what has happened to me. I have taken personal responsibility for why I am the way I am. And if I ever walk again, the doctors, the experts, the medical experts are going to have to give me more than a 50-50 chance because let me tell you, surviving rehab, the the five and a half months that I was inpatient and the two and a half years I did outpatient and yeah. the two years I did on horseback riding, all of that combined, they're yeah. going to have to give me a very positive reassurance that whatever electrodes they're going to put in my body, whatever kind of therapy they're going to give me, is going to be worth going through all of that again. So if I walk again, so be it. But if I don't, that's okay. Have you heard or studied or read or researched about any particular therapies or, or uh, well, know, things that might help you, like stem cell? Well, the stem cell things, they haven't quite come up with any stem cell research that regenerates uh, destroyed nerves. Okay. Right. My my hands. I can move three fingers in my right hand, two fingers in my left. Yeah. Um, now, I, when I went to the emergency room two weeks ago this Friday, um, the emergency room doctor looked at me in sort of a flabbergasted, um, stunned look. He said, "When was the last time you've been to see a neurologist?" And I said, "It's been over a decade." Um, and he said, "Why?" And I said, "Well, I just haven't seen the need for it." And he gave me a referral, and I'm I'm I've got I'm trying to get through to their office and get appointment good, to a good, patient good, good, because good, he said good. he said your MS has not been reevaluated in over a decade. You need to have it reevaluated so you know where you are. The good news is they took an EKG, they took two chest X-rays, they took two CAT scans, they took blood work, and they did a urine analysis. After good. all of that, after all of that. Okay, the doctor came in and he said the only thing we found was you have the beginning stages of a UTI, urinary tract infection, from your urine analysis. The rest yeah. of it, the rest of it said I'm in good health. And when I asked the doctor about the EKG, he signed, he kind of lowered his head and lowered his eyes. He said, to be honest, your EKG is better than mine. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Okay. And you know that brings me back to one of my favorite quotes by. George Burns. He was being interviewed on his 80th birthday, and the interviewer said, well, you know, you have all these beautiful women around you. You drink two glasses of brandy a day, and you smoke three cigars a day. What do your doctors say about that? And, you know, George Burns sort of snickered, and he looked up at the interviewer, and he said, I don't know. I've outlived them all. (laughs) Yeah, some people are just able to get through all of that and more and still live. You know, it's amazing. It's their mental attitude. Yeah. Mind over matter, my friends. Let me tell well, you, you. You've got that going for you. So 
So let me tell you, I, and that's how I survived. I write in my book, Adversity Builds Character, the first and second editions. I write that it was mind over matter. I laid in my bed in my hospital bed, you know, and I was diagnosed in August of 92 with MS. The month after that, September 28th of 92, uh, this year I'll be celebrating, celebrating 25 years of survival. I was diagnosed with incomplete spinal fracture from a car accident. And the month after that, I was diagnosed HIV positive. My HIV for six years plus now is non-detectable. My T cells are uh, way above normal, above 1100. My doctor says I'm in very good health considering my conditions. So here's what I have to say to people. Your mind and your mental outlook can overcome just about anything. Okay? I agree. I agree. And I hope that we will be your main media outlet for your organization. I, you, you can you can take it to the bank, okay? Uh, my bouncing check is heading your way now. No, I really mean that. I hope we can be there for you and really just um, expand the shows. And you, you guys have been there for me. Why, I wanted why would to, I change that? No, I know that. I know that. I wanted to ask you one quick question about yeah. your Google Hangouts. When you did that yeah. over there, I'm getting ready to do some shows over there, even with you yeah. and I. Uh, how? What did you have to do to really get embedded over there? I mean, did you have some groups that you promoted to about your uh, town hall? Did you have some pu- public relations specific promo uh, things that you did before uh, the, the the hangout? I mean, I mean my, before the town hall. My professional paid publicist Nick <coughs> took he did care all of that. He took care of a lot of that, um, and we regularly had three thousand plus attending our Google Town Halls. Uh, And we are going to be starting that up again um, later this month uh, because we we want to start laying out um, the groundwork for USA Unity Party that we're starting on March 1st. We're going to have a national uh, media. I'm already preparing a list of media contacts that we're going to be Twittering with all the information. The website... Maybe Nick won't charge me for a half-hour consult on taking my show over to Google Hangouts. No. Um, in fact, if you want it tomorrow, I will um, uh, put you all together in a Facebook message. Um, now, I, I'll be real honest with you. He's very skeptical about your um, um, uh, outlook on um, – uh, the um, your your yes. take your your you know your take on um, conspiracy theories. However, Nick will be honest and open with you. He'll tell you exactly what he thinks and what he knows. He knows what he's doing. The guy is in his uh, late twenties, but he knows how to do publicity. So. Okay. I don't think he'll charge you for half an hour um, or even 45 minutes or an hour. I just he, want to ask him a few, three, two or three yeah, questions is all I want to do. Yeah, I, and he'll be open to that, and especially if I, I, I put you on a message together and say, look, Kyler re- really needs your expertise and your input from your experience, and okay. he, he'll give you that. It's not a problem. Okay. okay. Thank you, Tom. Not a problem. Well, folks, we've been going on longer than we intended to, but that's all right. This yep. we, We've been almost an hour and a half now, 
And I'm sorry, the, the time has just flown by. Um, and it's because Kyler and I enjoy what we do. We enjoy challenging people to open their minds and use their minds to think for themselves. And that's what we're here for. So, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Give Mary my best um, and um, you know, tell her to get off that unicycle because her knees are gone. Okay? She's you, like my a little friend, hamster. Yeah. You, my friend, um, when's your next medical? Um, they haven't thing? called from the MRI department. They're so backed up. I'm going to have to wait for wait in line to get in for my MRI yeah. with contrast. And I, I'll be the first to tell you that multiple calls will not speed things up. No, not in this case. It won't. That's what Mary said. I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him. I said it won't no. do a bit of good. Not in this case. Yeah, yeah you know. and if you if you irritate them and aggravate them, they will intentionally put you in the back of the line. Yes, so they will. That's what I told her. <laughs> don't don't do that. Just you, you've got to wait for the system to process you. Uh, especially, especially when it comes through with medical uh, MRIs and stuff like that, they will get to you. Trust me. Oh yeah, um, I know. Now, if you do want to call them, you know, I don't know how long it's been since you had them. Well, it's been a week since I turned in my process. Oh no, 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 no. Okay, wait, wait at least two weeks. Yeah. Uh, at, at the end of two weeks, if you've got a contact there. Just make an just make an inquiring call saying I just I just wanted to call and um, make sure y'all don't forget don't forget me. <laughs> no 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 don't, no don't say that just call and say I was just calling to see where things stand if yeah. you could give me a call back with an update yeah and yeah. just be inquiring be proactive let them know that you're still waiting but you're not pushing right on right on right on thank you Tom. Thank you, my friend. Give Mary a big hug and a kiss for me and all your staff that help you guys out. And by the way, like I said, today is February 1st. On the 3rd, I will be evaluating my budget and we'll get you all some extra money for your fundraiser. By the way, we need to give a big shout out about your fundraiser. I know you did that before I came I on. Yeah, I did. Okay, good. Uh, because it's well worth – you all need to get your new key. Yes, yes, and yes. That's the important thing. <laughs> Yeah, and then we have, of course, we have monthly, small, small monthly fees that go out to keep the station running, but you already knew that, and you support yeah. that already, so yeah. it's all working out. It's all going to work out. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. This is Tom's Take, Tom Euford and Kyler Davenport, and we will see you next, next Wednesday. Wednesday night. Yeah, yes, the river don't y'all. rise. Yeah, well, even if the river does rise, um, I'll be in the boat, and I'll throw you a USS Titanic. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Y'all take care. God bless. Thank you. Good night. Bye, Tom. Bye-bye. Bye, David. Yes, David. God, I forgot David was here. Well, we get wrapped up, and we get to going, and uh, it's all good. He can hear us out there. Well, David next time needs to, you know, kick up and throw his two cents in. So. Yeah. Okay. Take care. Good night. Bye-bye.